What's going on guys? Welcome to the Anthony Bruno Show. I am Anthony Bruno. After a disappointing 2-0 loss in Game 1, the Leafs bounced back with a very impressive 3-0 shutout win over the Columbus Blue Jackets to even their best of five qualifying round series at one game apiece. Just like I did after Game 1, I'm going to give my thoughts on Game 2 and talk about the series moving forward. So let's go. It was absolutely imperative that the Leafs won Game 2 because teams that go down two games to none in a best-of-five series in the Stanley Cup playoffs have gone on to win the series just once in 56 tries. So the Leafs would have been in a terrible spot if they lost Game 2. So it was very nice to see them bounce back. Game 1 was very uneventful. There weren't a lot of high-danger scoring chances for either team, but the Leafs definitely opened things up in Game 2. They played a lot more aggressively, they were skating harder, they were able to penetrate that Blue Jackets defense and generate a lot more high-danger scoring chances. And it was awesome to see because that's when the Leafs are at their best, when they're possessing the puck, when they're putting max pressure on the opposing team, and we were able to see a lot of their star players have better games in game number two. And another thing that was great to see was a little physicality as well. Kyle Clifford absolutely laid out Dean Kukin early in the first period. And you know, I'm not the guy to say, oh, it sets the tone for the rest of the game because of that big hit. But it's always nice to see some physicality, especially out of, the te out of a team like the Leafs who aren't you know, necessarily known for their physical style of play. So. That was great to see as well, and it was just an all-around dominant game from the Leafs, so nice to see them tie the series at one. Another good thing to see were the adjustments made by head coach Sheldon Keefe. I've talked about this in the past, but Mike Babcock really held this team back, especially considering he was never willing to make in-game adjustments during the playoffs, or even when the Leafs were in a tight spot where they were chasing a game and they needed a goal, he always just seemed to continue rolling all four lines. He didn't play his big guns more minutes. And Sheldon Keefe is honestly doing the opposite of that. Number one, he is playing the living crap out of Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner in this series. They're both over 20 minutes a game, both nights. And on top of that, he shuffled the top six a little bit. He put Mitch Marner with Austin Matthews and William Nylander with John Tavares just to change things up a little bit and hoping that that could create a spark, and it did, because the big four all played well in game two, and that was nice to see after most of the big four did not play well in game one. And another thing that Keefe did in game two was put Pierre Engvall in the lineup. He took out Freddie Gauthier, and he actually gave the fourth line more ice time. In game one, the entire fourth line only played about three to four minutes, whereas in game two, they were up around seven to nine minutes. So. Keefe is just willing to tinker, change things up, and create a spark, and it's great to see because, like I said, that's something that Mike Babcock was really never willing to do. All right, so after leading the Leafs in ice time with over 24 and a half minutes in Game 1, Austin Matthews played over 22 minutes in Game 2, and he was fantastic once again. He had a goal and an assist, three shots on goal, and he finally broke the deadlock and was the first guy to solve Jonas Corposalo, who was starting to look like Dominic Hasek in his prime. So another great game from Austin Matthews. This guy, no matter what, always seems like he's able to generate something in the offensive zone. He is the most dangerous player on the Leafs. And the other three stars, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, and William Nylander, stepped up 
after they were pretty bad, to be honest, in Game 1. They combined for just three shots on goal and were left off the score sheet in the first game. But in Game 2, the three of them combined for 14 shots on goal, eight of them coming from John Tavares. They combined for a goal and an assist and just looked a lot more dangerous. And it was great to see, especially from John Tavares, who was able to score the Leafs' second goal on a breakaway. So when the captain starts to get going, when you combine that with the play from Austin Matthews and you have those two guys buzzing down the middle, that just creates so many matchup nightmares for opposing teams. So if the Leafs' top two centermen are able to continue that, not only in this series, but throughout the playoffs, then honestly, they're going to have as good a chance as anyone to make a very deep postseason run. And of course, we have to talk about the play of Leafs goaltender Freddie Anderson because he kind of started to develop a reputation of not being his best come playoff time. And another thing about Freddie is that he doesn't get off to hot starts. At the beginning of seasons, it always takes him a lot of time to get going, but he has been fantastic so far in these first two games. He has stopped 54 of the 55 shots he has faced. The only blunder he's had was that soft goal he let in from Cam Atkinson in Game 1. Otherwise, Freddie has been fantastic. And obviously, he is going to be a major factor for the Leafs moving forward. They need him to play well if they want any chance to make some noise in the playoffs. But as well as the Leafs played in Game 2, everything was sort of overshadowed by the injury to defenseman Jake Muzzin. It was a very scary incident in the third period where his head collided with Oliver Bjorkstrand's knee. He went down, he had to be stretchered off the ice, he was taken to hospital. So it's not looking good for Jake Muzzin right now. At the time that I'm recording this, it appears that he's probably going to miss the rest of the series. And that is obviously going to be a huge blow for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's one of their top two defensemen. He has a ton of playoff experience. He brings that edge and physicality. So he's obviously going to be missed. So hopefully Jake Muzzin is okay and is going to be able to return to the lineup a lot sooner than we all think. So we now have a best of three situation between the Leafs and Blue Jackets. And like I mentioned, if Jake Muzzin does miss the rest of the series, that's obviously going to be a huge blow for the Maple Leafs. Martin Marinson or Rasmus Sandin is going to replace Muzzin in the lineup. I mean, Marinson, really, this dude is the most boring hockey player. He doesn't bring anything to the table, whereas Rasmus Sandin has a lot more upside. He's just plain and simple, the better defenseman. So it remains to be seen who's going to draw into the lineup. But no matter what, it is going to be extremely difficult to replace a guy like Jake Muzzin. The Leafs are going to need a collective effort from all six defensemen in order to move forward without Muzzin. But saying all that, I picked the Leafs to win this series and I'm sticking with that pick. I just think that they're the better team. They're better offensively. Freddie Anderson has been playing out of his mind. And I think the defense core is going to hold up without Jake Muzzin. So I still like Toronto to win this series. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Anthony Bruno Show podcast. I hope you enjoyed the content. If you did, I would really appreciate it if you subscribe to the show and be sure to rate it, share it, and leave a review. You can also follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Anthony M. Bruno, especially if you love sports. That does it for this episode. I will talk to you guys next time.